Thanks for listening to the Secular Hubcast, a podcast made possible through a grant from the American Humanist Association. This show is a project of the Secular Hub, a Denver nonprofit organization dedicated to promoting community, altruism, reason, and education across the diverse secular community of the Front Range region. For more information and to become a member, visit secularhub.org. So go um, ahead. Please oh, introduce yourself. Hi. Um, hi, I'm uh, Becky Grieben, and I'm currently on the board of the Secular Hub. Um, and I recently attended the conference of the Center for Inquiry in Las Vegas. That's what this podcast is about. Yeah, I'm, I'm Ruth McLeod. I am a Hub member. I was a former board member. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've always seen this conference going on. And this was the first time that I was actually able to go. My boyfriend and I went. And uh, it, we just had an absolute blast at this. And again, I can't wait to go again. Can't wait to go next year. <laughs> right. Yeah. I can't wait. So, um, so Becky, if I understand correctly, you've been to a multitude of these conferences. Is that correct? Yes, that's uh, correct. Do you know how many you've been to? Just Center for Inquiry now. Right. Um, oh, gosh. Um, probably in sort of over the years and in different iterations, I guess, um, maybe a dozen Oh, wow. Maybe 10 to 12. Wow. But yeah. I've been a member of uh, Center for Inquiry for many, many years. So you've so. been around the block a few times. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. In the conference. <laughs> yes. Whatever you call it, circuit. Yes. I'm, I'm a little bit of a conference junkie, personally. Yeah? But I kind of, uh, one of the reasons I go to a lot of conferences with these national organizations is uh, it's sort of an excuse to get out of town and to go somewhere new. I like to travel, and, and I can sure. go to a new place and then be able to hang out and yeah. with, like, with some like-minded people, but then I also have some time to maybe um, do something on my own. So in contrast, Ruth, you have – this is your first Center yeah. for Inquiry. Yes, this was my first Center for Inquiry conference that I was able to go to. Okay. Um, Very cool. I totally had a blast. Yeah? I really did. And like I said, I've been to Vegas a couple of times. Um and going for a conference is a different experience than going there to gamble or to drink yeah. like I usually do. <laughs> I go to see shows. When I go to Vegas, I go to see stand-up yeah. comedians and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we've seen Penn and Teller. And yeah. You got to go to uh, Cirque du Soleil, of course. But of course. So this time it was like our whole goal was to be at this conference. So it was really neat to be able to go. Yeah, you guys did. You attended almost all the sessions. I mean, maybe yeah. one or two in the morning when it was kind of maybe hard to get to sometimes. But mm-hmm. but you but you Depends guys were pretty much. You had I was before. I was in the back, but I was there, Becky. Yes, yes, you were. Yes, you were. <laughs> so, um, what's it? I mean, what are they like? What what is like a day in the life of at one of these conferences? Because if I understand correctly, there's a lot of presenters, but there's also mm-hmm. like icebreaker sessions and breakout sessions, and sometimes there's an interactive stuff. So, what what was it? What is it like at Center for Inquiry? I well, I, the 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 closest thing to breakout that they do is a pre con. They have some pre conference um, workshops. Uh, the conference officially starts on Thursday evening for everybody, but on 
I think maybe even on Wednesday. And then during the day on Thursday, they have uh, workshops on things like, I'm just looking at the program here, uh, for example, skeptical activism, um, uh, teaching critical thinking with an emphasis on scientific reasoning, uh, and so on. So it, it, that's just a couple of them. But they they have in the past had tracks where you could take this track or that track, so it's sort of alternate. You know, you can alternate between uh, between workshops that the, that were going on at the same time. Okay. Um, but that's the closest thing. During the actual uh, conference, it's just one talk after another. Yeah. They're, they're okay. all about half. They're all about half an hour long, unless it was a some kind of keynote or something. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it's speaker after speaker after speaker. Essentially, right. is what you're right. going to. Yeah. Okay. They would. They would have. Um, you know, like, like you said, for the hour long speakers, they might have a thirty minute break slash book signing right after. So if you heard Dawkins speak, then you can immediately walk over afterward and get in line to sure. get him to sign a book, which is something I did. Sure. Um, but there wasn't um, anything along the lines of icebreakers or there was Thursday night they did right. have a reception mingle mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing for a little while. And then they had their 50th party, mm-hmm. um, which from what I can tell, it seems like they usually have some kind of social night where maybe there's a theme. So this one was a 50s party. Right. Um, I did not attend the 50s party. You didn't go to the 50s party? I did not okay. go to the 50s party. You didn't want to make America great again and take, take it back to the 50s? Oh, that's a, that's a to, good angle. Oh, my. Take it back oh, to the Paul. 50s? <laughs> I, yeah. get beat while you're at it? Yeah. I, well, it's it's usually a dance party. They have it on Saturday. Oh, that's kind of fun. They have yeah. it on Saturday night. Yeah. And they've since they've been in Vegas, uh, they've been doing the conference in – generally the latter half of October. So they find a theme where you can do some kind of costume yeah. mm-hmm. of some kind. So Well, Vegas um, is really nice this time of year, too. So I oh, it's yes. gorgeous. It was yeah. nice. It yeah. was, wasn't real hot. It was dry. No, it, was it, was, like, mm-hmm. it was quite nice. 70s the whole time, I yeah. think. Yeah. It was wonderful. Yeah. We went this time of year, last time I went. Yeah. And I just jogged the strip the whole time and yeah. went to shows at night. I don't gamble, so it's not <laughs> my thing. There's thousands of things to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, so, um, oh, I lost my train of thought on that there one. There was a party? Oh, there was a party. party, yeah. Well, I did get a ticket to this year, but uh, I kind of uh, decided to skip the skip the dance party. Last year, I had a blast where the theme was a pajama party. Oh, so oh that's you, the best kind of you party. You got to wear your favorite sleepwear. No, but that was I really did enjoy it last year. I just decided, well, what the hell, you know, let just let myself go and I danced. Yeah. But this year, I don't know. I, I did bring a little sort of something special to wear that was sort of fifties themed. But I ended up <laughs> not going because I was kind of tired and yeah. I had a late dinner and I was like, oh hell with it. So it's not <laughs> all business. There's a no, actual oh, yeah. party oh, gosh, atmosphere no. to it. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. But if yeah. if you guys had to sort of. Um, classify what the talks are about what what are we talking about here what is the center for inquiry conference about so mm-hmm. what kinds of speakers do they bring in what kinds of topics do they discuss what, what could a, a potential goer expect so it's it's cfi but it's also combined with uh skeptics inquiry or okay. skeptical help me out skeptical inquiry that's right yes, yes. And so yes. there were i felt like that there was a mixture of um scientific uh, talks where I was able to learn a lot about the human body. I learned, I have a much better grasp on black holes now. Oh, cool. But there's also um, 
things in there. There was one, one lecture about the, um, what is it? Facilitated communication. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. And that was a fascinating. So it's not necessarily um, very scientific like in the world of nature, but it was more of a... Um, they're, they're, they're pointing out a lot Things of that you a lot be of skeptical pseudoscience pseudoscience pseudoscientific yes. uh um hmm practices out there yeah. that include like things in alternative uh, quote unquote alternative medicine right also um so just the, other ways of thinking it yes it's it's a critical thinking slash science evidence based uh pursuits right. uh, so it's definitely for the scientifically minded yes yes and mm-hmm. not only are they going to take deep dives into like you said black holes mm-hmm. or uh, specific scientific um topics or subjects like i don't know evolution or whatever but mm-hmm. they're also going to talk about what you kind of have to look out for so like what are, what are people claiming is science but isn't so Correct. for instance like getting autism from vaccinations right. or Correct. whatever right? right or palm reading might be one of the things that they say well that's not real or right okay oh there was a talk on was it ruth was that on the uh, in the Sunday papers that were presented, the tarot card reading things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was very interesting. That was a morning where I needed to recover from a daiquiri or two. (laughs) A daiquiri. So I did not, or four. Just two? (laughs) Yeah. Cheap date. Well, Saturday, Saturday night was uh, Jay and I's seven-year anniversary. And so I thought it was cool that it was seven, lucky number seven, we're in Las Vegas. I don't know. I thought it was funny. That's cool. So we, uh, that's why we didn't go to the 50s party. And so we um, had a nice dinner and went on the high roller and all that. And so we had a good time, but we just, we, we, we indulged a little bit. Sure. I needed the morning. Hey, you're in Vegas. That's, it's all about indulging. We're in in Vegas. It's an anniversary. You're supposed to cut loose a little bit. It was fun. Sure. Mm -hmm. Sure. Okay. Um, Yeah. So that was one that I, I did not go to. And also we didn't go to the, um, Breast milk versus formula. Oh, yeah, I didn't conversation. sit on that. Sit and then on there was that a, one anyway. another one for like women in pseudoscience, and I felt like I should have been there just for womenhood, but I didn't yeah. go. Yeah. Women in pseudoscience, meaning women you know, that I didn't go. Pseudoscience. You know, or? I didn't go, so but I have no did you idea. Go back well, I think it was mo- yeah, it's called oh, modern wellness, women, and the religion of pseudoscience. Um, it was. Presented by a woman named Jen Gunter. She is an uh, OBGYN. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, she she talked about um, the, the various, um, you know, pseudoscientific uh, practices or claims that are being advanced. You know, the Gwyneth Paltrow stuff. Oh, like and putting herbs in places where herbs should not be. Yeah, and jade <laughs> eggs and that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and also, she's she's written one or two books and also just, um, uh, you know, spoke, focusing specifically on this idea of, of what we call wellness mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. how women, for some reason, especially seem to fall for a lot of the a lot of the cons oh, yeah. that are out there, and uh, sure. so she she was uh, she was a very good speaker. She was she was very good. But I, but the following talk was on uh, the breast <laughs> the breast versus uh, uh, formula. formula and yeah. yeah I, so okay, so 
there's a wide variety of topics. It sounds like there's some parenting issue uh, topics that they discuss mm-hmm. at these. Mm-hmm. There's uh, obviously breastfeeding, mm-hmm. um, and uh, not just parenting like how you should treat your children, but how to raise them, like what's best for them nutritionally. There's also what other kinds of stuff are we going to learn about if we were to go to one of these conferences? Well, um, they do they do kind of um, you know certainly reflect what is going on in the you know the greater the greater society right. and sure. for example there was a talk about uh called fake news and uh <laughs> pseudo profound bullshit right. who falls <laughs> for it and why sure and um i think uh they call it deepities sometimes right where it sounds <laughs> like it's real deep and interesting yeah. but it's actually just exactly yeah there yeah. were there was there was some that, and was that the speaker who actually brought up deepak chopra yes yeah okay oh yes. he's so speaking yeah. of deep deepities yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's the king of those. Oh, yeah. 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 This king of word salad. Yeah. Um, Him and Jordan Peterson. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so so certainly, you know, the, the conference does try to incorporate, you know, current current events. And and I, I've noticed over the past few years that there was some unwillingness maybe a couple of years ago f- of some of the the head the more prominent people in the mo- in in these organizations to not start to not mention certain politicians by mm-hmm. name they mm-hmm. tend to st- kind of cuz they're nonprofit organizations they're yeah. 501c3s and they don't want to appear like they're endorsing or not endorsing but uh, i think that's all off the table now it's pretty <laughs> obvious who well, are, i feel like if religions <laughs> can get away with it if they can preach from the pulpit who right. we should vote for then well, they're the going to get rid of the Johnson irreligious should be able to talk about politics you know, right? just, i feel like that sure that i mean it's reasonable. not like they were up there telling us who to vote for right, exactly they were just telling us how other people in politics may fall for some really obvious dumb things right. or right. how they uh, perpetuate dumb things that yes. other people fall for. Right. So like they had um oh what was his name from from Snopes Michael Oh yeah. No no. Oh no, he's from uh, Skeptical and Skeptics Inquiry and um that's Michael Sharp magazine. Skeptics yes, magazine. Yeah, Skeptics yeah. magazine, excuse me. But that's yeah, right. that's um that's Michael Shermer, and if he was there, I would have fangirled out hard. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, adore that man. There, there was the guy from Snopes who he, – he's spoken a couple of times at these conferences, mm-hmm. and it sort of fits perfectly into what um, – what this organization's mission is yeah is the debunking fact you know fact checking and debunking conspiracy theories all these other kind of myths that are out there snopes Um, is really a good website mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he has great stories although i can't (laughs) i can't remember any specifically but he and david uh mickelson i don't know why i had michael Maybe Mickle. Junk news of science. Mm-hmm. Is that him? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So he he was able to be on there to kind of like point out some obvious things, or even um, the confirmation bias to be able to think. You know, he had a headline of ninety two percent of liberals or activist uh, liberals in Belgium live at home with their parents. <laughs> it's like okay, yeah, you can believe that, but then you need to look at where their statistics came from sure and so they only surveyed um people who were arrested over the last 10 years who claimed to be activists oh, and gotcha. from that and, right 
But then there was also the the social bias of that because a lot of young adults in Belgium living home with their parents that's just how it's their society cultural. yeah it's more yeah. cultural mm-hmm. so once you put all that together when you have a sample size of under 500 yeah maybe 92 percent yeah. of these activists are going to live at home right so that's that's right. essentially what it was saying he was it was um it was funny to see because mm-hmm. then it was you know how can you come up with better titles for this statistic right um misleading headlines that you see in 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 journals or on on the web right Mm -hmm. and where they obviously have a bias it was like 92 percent 92 percent of of liberal activists or left-wing activists live at home with their parents well when but they what snopes did they just this incredible deep dive Mm -hmm. into that uh, you know just checking exactly where these numbers came from. Right. And it ended up being, like, you're right, Ruth, it's total number of people. It was, was, I, don't know, I want to say it was even less than 500. It was like, it was like 300. 300 I, don't, I mean, you're talk, <laughs> talking about a small number of people. Small, and then and a small number extrapolated over 10 years yeah. Of, yeah. of people. And then, and then he said that they put it up on their Twitter or their Facebook to ask their readers to come up with a different headline after reading the article. Mm. And then it was then it was um <laughs> left wing left wing activists are more likely to take care of their elderly parents, you know, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, you could you could spin it in a lot of different yeah, ways. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. But it was it was just one of those, you know, light bulb moments for me. It's like, oh yeah, so not only can I see or can I look at articles and really read it and figure out where their numbers are coming from and where their statistics are coming from? Um but then, you know, you have to kind of look at it as a cultural bias. You know, am I seeing 75% of left-wing activists are gun owners or something like Something that would be, like, obvious to, oh, yeah, of course they are. They're terrible. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Something. Right. So right. It, it was just one of those things where, you know... It's, oh, man, you know, I have to be better at what I even read myself, not just what, yeah. quote, unquote, the other well, side reads. And yeah. it's really hard not to sort of put people into these silos, right? Like if uh, being on the left, thinking about the folks on the right, a lot of the times yeah. you think automatically Christian, automatically white, automatically pro-gun, mm-hmm. automatically anti-abortion, right? You start to sort of silo them into these things. Oh, yeah. And oh, I've already got a picture we have of to who che- you're talking about. Yeah, no, I mean, we <laughs> we all do, right? You just right. you start thinking about that, and, and those things automatically just sort of pop into your head. Mm-hmm. Um but the bias exists on both sides. Like oh, yeah. we can't. I feel like uh, I don't know if this was one of your takeaways from the conference, and I certainly didn't go. But I feel like after sort of doing my own deep dives into some of these topics and subjects, I, I walk away thinking, you know, I really have to take each person individually. Mm-hmm. Like I, if somebody says I voted for Trump, for instance, or mm-hmm. I voted for a Republican or whatever, I can't just assume that they believe this, 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 and this. Right. I have to say, well, what's, you know, what's your position on abortion? What's right. your position on gay rights? What's right. your position on uh, free speech? What's your, you know, and you have to take it individually. Shockingly, you have to take every person as an actual her- person, human being. Like, yeah, you have yeah. Because we're so nuanced. <laughs> not, we're so different. Not think of them as a stereotype. Like, every person is their own unique individual for whatever reason that they are. Right. And unfortunately, on both sides, on, you know, on the liberal side and on the on the conservative 
conservative side, you've got the stereotypes that are pushed out into media that everybody thinks of. Yeah. And then for the most part, most Americans, I would think, are pretty moderate about where they sit on the spectrum. Yeah. You know, Probably, I, yeah. I, even yeah. I have several family members who are very religious, but they don't see a problem with gay people getting married for winning reason yeah. whatsoever, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's, so, and some of, yeah, the, the religious and, and some of the folks on the right will surprise you mm-hmm. at, at what they think is okay and what they think is not okay. Mm-hmm. Like I've, got, a, I've got a very religious cousin who will send me Facebook messages. Did you see what Aunt Sally said? Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, right, right. <laughs> right, yeah. That's your cafeteria. Uh, they used to say cafeteria Catholics, oh, yeah. but now it's just your cafeteria religious. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I actually had a – it was funny. So my whole life, my the whole – the. The indoctrination that I went through was, you know, if you don't do this, you're going to hell. Hell's mm-hmm. a real thing. It's a real place, and you're going to burn forever. Oh, yeah. And I was supposed to be really afraid of it. I talked to my grandma the other day, and she doesn't believe in hell anymore. Huh. And I asked her why, and she she sort of said, I mean, she didn't say it exactly like this, but she sort of said, well, it's because I'm getting kind of close. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm really old, you know? And so I, I might I'm, die, not really, so I, yeah. I'm not really sure I want to believe in that anymore. And Which, I just interesting. thought to myself, I, I can't is, believe you. Yeah, you made my so mom funny. Fear it for her whole life. I, in turn, was able to, you know, got the old right. lucky draw to fear it as well because that's, of indoctrination. But that's so funny because it's it's usually what Christians are telling us. Uh, atheists is like, mm-hmm. oh, well, the closer you get to dying, that's when you'll start crying out to God. And right, so, okay. right, right. So I guess apparently they're going the opposite direction. Apparently, you just throw out certain books. You're like Revelations, nah, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need it. Since we kind of um, veered into religion a little bit. Yeah. That's okay. One thing that uh, Center for Inquiry, these conferences, don't get into a lot directly is religion. Okay. Mm-hmm. Although I yep. suspect that the vast ma- – there were 650 people at this conference. Oh, wow. The vast yeah. majority of people who attend are not believers. Sure. I, I can't be sure if 100%. But it's not but something that they push. Th- this That's is very this, different. This is more of a, of a science uh, – you know, a, 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 an anti pseudoscience debunking. Uh, let's let's promote critical thinking. Let's promote, um, you know, promote evidence based mm-hmm. thought mm-hmm. in and and in our policies, in our in the way we think about things, and the way we interact with others, and so on. Yeah. Like the, we, we, whatever we want to pursue, it's more of that. Although I think you know, religion can come under. That kind of skeptical thinking, oh yeah, of certainly. Course, yeah. But mm-hmm. but this this is not, and it's intentional. They don't get into no. specifically into religion. In fact, I think Ruth Dawkins was probably the closest one. Yeah, Richard he, Dawkins. Yeah, was he mentioned that that yeah. sort of directly talked about uh, the the faith based community and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. The, he was the only one, and that was actually something I was going to mention. I'm glad you brought it up yeah. because you know I've been to you know several other specifically atheist conferences before. Mm -hmm. And so coming to this one, I really thought I knew what I was walking into. It was like, okay, it'll be a room full of atheists, and we're going to talk about how atheist is good, and blah, 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 on we go. And so when I was there, the speakers themselves, you know, they came up, they were there for their topic, and their topic wasn't necessarily about religion or non-religion. It was... I am a doctor, a PhD, I have degrees in this, this is what I teach, this is what I know, this is what I write about, this is where I'm published. 
and and that's what they were talking about and it was fascinating mm-hmm. all of it mm-hmm. was, so it was about science or what isn't science that claims to be science not necessarily about religion or right right the and value it, or benefit of it or the it validity was, of it or anything right. like that. That and would be more maybe for a different conference. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. exactly. Yeah. And that's what the other conferences do. Now, sure. Center for Inquiry, um, it, 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 there's not a as much of a bright line between these two two arms, if you will. But they have, they have the skeptical arm, which is this one, which is the center, the com- CSI, the Committee on Skep- for Skeptical... Inquiry, I think it's called, or Skeptical Investigations. I like how you're looking at me like I'm going to help I'm like, you. <laughs> <laughs> it's CSI. Um, because I was thinking about that the entire conference. Right. I'm like, CSI, what exactly it's, does this stand yeah, for? Yeah, because this is officially called SciCon, C-S-I-Con, right. and it's the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry, I think. Okay. Um, there is another arm of the Center for Inquiry, which is the Council for Secular Humanism, and they publish the magazine Free Inquiry. Yeah. So the CSI end of it publishes the Skeptical Inquirer, which many people may have seen or heard of. And then the other one, the other one is is more the humanist. There's that's the sort of religion. They're they're the ones that address the religion questions, if you will, and humanism. They're they're promoting humanism in their own way, uh, and um, uh, so they used to have the the. Uh, Council on Secular Humanism used to have their own meetings, mm-hmm. but uh, that was some years ago. I think when they had the last one, and uh, they're not they're not really having their own their own meetings. Maybe there's too much overlap. I'm, I'm not really sure why not. I don't think it drew a lot of people, quite frankly. Although the Free Inquiry magazine is pretty well. Uh, supported, oh, yeah. as, as my understanding, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I just don't think their conferences for that that arm of the organization were uh, very well attended for whatever reason. So, um, this the the uh, this one the the CSI con kind of filled the gap when the uh, although they've they've had their conferences for a long time in various places uh, annually um but the move to Las Vegas sort of filled the void left when the amazing meeting which was yeah. the James Randi Foundation James Randi Educational Foundation mm-hmm. they uh they that that organization kind of disbanded i think uh, Center for Inquiry just kind of stepped in and filled that gap and mm-hmm. decided to kind of uh, maybe up appropriately appropriate (laughs) that audience because it's the same kind of stuff. And in fact, James Randi was one of the founders of, well, the Center for Inquiry. It actually was called something else back 35 years ago or whatever it is, 30, 40 years ago. Um, But uh, he's, he was one of the founders, him and Paul Kurtz and a couple other guys that I'm you're looking at me. I'm not going to help that. I'm not, (laughs) that I'm not, I'm not thinking of their names, but anyway, um, so, uh, yeah, so that, that I think helped uh, bump up uh, the numbers on this conference. And then it also makes people remember Las Vegas. I just wanted to throw this at you for a second. So the mission statement of Center for, for Inquiry on their um, website is the Center for Inquiry strives to foster a secular society based on reason, science, freedom of inquiry, and humanist values. Um, it gets into more detail, um, but it doesn't even say the word God or religion or anything until para paragraph four um and it talks about um you know uh it's it's more it's about more than whether or not god exists it's about more 
than whether ghosts roam among us, aliens hover above us, or phys- psychics. Excuse me. <laughs> I, I can't spell. Too. It's really awful. I can't read. <laughs> uh, psychics can see within us. So that they're, they recognize... it. To me, I was going to ask you, does the Center for Inquiry kind of just assume no God and then move on from there? Because so many folks get stuck on religion and God. Mm. This sort of makes me feel like maybe they're just saying, look, no God, let's focus on this other stuff. Because it's more than whether or not God exists is one of the things it says. It's about all this other stuff. Right. So we don't have to even tackle that. We have all this other stuff to worry about. Is that sort of the sense you get from the conference? Is that the sense you get from, are you a member? Or? Well, yeah, well, yeah. no, it, it, but, but the, that's by design. I mean, yeah. this is, this is the, what I, when I tell people I'm going to this conference and it's just friends, not people at the hub or what I just say, it's a, kind of a science nerd conference. Yeah, sure. That's what and, I've done. And that, that's kind of the way to, you know, you, I'm not going to go to, you know, to an American Atheist Association conference and say it's a science nerd conference, although you could. But you could, <laughs> yeah. It is, kind but, of, yeah. But, um, you know, it, it so it it's by design. They just uh, have to, you know, have to pick and choose what their emphasis is going to be for the purpose of the conference. Sure. And right. if people want to get into the more religion-related uh, issues, they can read Free Inquiry. Sure. Or go to an atheist conference, Mm -hmm. right? Because that is specifically on whether or not God exists. Um, There are so many other things that need to be tackled Mm -hmm. that are outside of just the question of God, yay or nay. Yeah, right. It's, It's, you know, the pseudoscience that goes into there. And I think that was, you know, the big theme it felt like for me for this particular conference was the pseudoscience. Because CFI has... A team of one lawyer, and he, mm-hmm. he actually came out and spoke because they are suing CVS, Walmart, CVS and, and Walmart. Walmart because uh, CVS and Walmart um, on their um, in their pharmacy in their pharmacy, we, not, not necessarily like behind the counter, like over the counter pharmacy, they are having um, these homeopathic remedies oh, right next sure. to actual cough medicine for children and you know people go in there and they're looking for something to seriously help what is happening to their bodies and they see these homeopathic being sold as an equivalent and that is what they're suing for and it's you know i think he ironically used the the term you know it's a david and goliath kind of situation that we're having right now because he's an army of one Mm. and it's freaking walmart Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah good luck right yeah yeah Yeah. so well and homeopathy in general it's a huge industry it's absolutely ridiculous all kinds i mean there's so many scams out there yes that it's hard to keep up on all of them so we were talking about this before the thing, and if somebody were to go to this, the uh, neophyte, somebody who doesn't know what they're doing, doesn't know what these are all about, mm-hmm. what's something they can they can say? Okay, I'm gonna I can expect to get something out of this. What kinds of things did you get out of this, and what was the big takeaway? I had to think about this. I'm glad you mentioned this to me earlier, Paul. So mm-hmm. I had a little bit of chance to kind of mull over. I planted over. the seed. Yes, I wanted to <laughs> you planted a seed for um, you. I, I got nothing. I got bring headphones. <laughs> <laughs> Which I have, but I don't have on. <laughs> I didn't tell you. I didn't ask you about the takeaway. I forgot no. to. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, for me, there were two. There were two things, and, and part of this is because I do have a you know history of being a member of this organization for a long time and going to previous conferences. Mm-hmm. It's it's how we're still fighting the battles that we thought maybe had been won a decade ago, and it's back. 
Mm-hmm. And a good example of that, uh, now this was the first time, Ruth, you heard about facilitated communication. It was, yes. Uh, which is um, where a, it, it's, it's used with people who have severe disabilities, especially children, mm-hmm. who have severe disabilities where they cannot communicate. Uh, right. With their voice, they right. uh, and they they may be autistic or have some kind of mental disability yeah. or something. Or just mute, yeah. And or they, Not yeah. And just and mute, and a, just, a facilitator, someone. It's more than that. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, it's okay. more than just not being able to physically they're, speak. They're, they're mentally unable I to see. even type or to, or or to really uh, use language. Physically unable to. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. to use. Mm-hmm. They may understand things, but they can't use language mm-hmm. uh, themselves, very mm-hmm. if at all. Um, in, in in by voice at least. So they there's a facilitator that will. Hold their hand in front of a typewriter or some kind of letter board. So it kind of looks like, and, oh, I'm doing this. It's a podcast. They can't see me. <laughs> right. But it's what really, Ruth is doing is basically holding up her wrist with so, her uh, other hand like, so that right. the so hand the she's holding up can hold, write or type or yeah. do whatever else. And so the, the person who mm-hmm. is um, challenged would point and right. like the facilitator is meant to actually hold their hand up right so that they can point wherever okay to, to spell words right. sure and uh, remarkably like some of some of these letters. yeah and, okay. and it's it's been shown that um it's bullshit. the bottom line is that it's it's the facilitator it who's like really doing the communicating yeah. yes right. it's, it's like a ouija board yeah it, in, in a way uh yeah. it's a facilitator and yeah. the various studies have shown this that that's the facilitator who's really doing the communicating mm-hmm. not uh, the person who's disabled so i think they have the same kind of problems yeah with the, the and this sounds maybe this sounds bad as i say it but they have the same kind of problems with uh, some of the tests they've done with chimps being able to mm-hmm. communicate with people that mm-hmm. the people are actually sort of leading them, them some, and, yeah. Right. yeah and cueing them on into things yeah. and there can be all different kinds of ways to cue oh yeah, uh, yeah, they, yeah. they talked yeah, about that too in of, this talk yeah so uh, that's not a double blind and, test yeah well th- the thing is they you know she the the presenter spoke about doing double blind tests and then you, you can't replicate what has happened and then the original facilitator is a very emotionally attached to what they're doing because the facilitator is usually a parent sure. or um, a close teacher. Mm-hmm. Well, and so, isn't mm-hmm. it just a very human thing to, you know, if you think you're doing something right or have or providing some good or mm-hmm. yeah. you want to be right. And when right. somebody says, I don't think you are, you, you fight for that or, at least or, for a while. Or you're, Some or people sh- till the death. I but. think they made the point that if it's a, especially if it's a parent, they really want to believe that their child has this ability. It can really communicate. They really right. want their child to be there's a huge be bias. normal yeah. and, or quote they, unquote. They or, want or to be able to communicate with them. With them. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. It, it makes it into a very human story. Yeah. Um, and it's it, that was a, a lecture that really got to me because yeah. it was you know, you you got to feel for these parents. I mean, this might be their only child, or maybe maybe it's a child that was, you know, functionally normal, and then something happened to them, and now they can no longer communicate. Um, or and it's 
And I, I want to reiterate, it's not that they physically cannot communicate. They physically and mentally cannot communicate. Yeah, yeah. They have cognitive so disabilities. It's a, a cognitive barrier. thing. Yeah. There is, there mm-hmm. is a barrier. Um, and so they, they just, they want so bad for their their child to succeed and and be able to communicate with them and, and know that, you know, I love you. Do you know that you love me back kind of right, thing? Right, 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 So, and, and you hear about, you know, mm-hmm. children or parents with children on the autistic spectrum and the fact that they come up and hug them randomly. It's like it's a huge thing. Yeah. And it's, oh, my God, they actually touched me. And, you know, so it, it, it breaks your heart a little. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you do have to say, look, you're doing this. There's no way this this kid, as much as it breaks all of our hearts, there's no way this kid writes poetry. There's yeah. no way this mm-hmm. kid was able to get a, a, degree, a, college, a degree. college degree. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, and then she also spoke about how it could go terribly wrong, mm. where, you know, there was, she talked about a time when a kid was acting differently at home and they tried to do the facilitator communication. And um, it kind of came about that they believed that the the child was being assaulted and molested by their parents, and oh, they okay. took the parents away. And mm-hmm. until they had to come back and do an investigation and find out that's not what happened. Mm-hmm. Or she mm-hmm. talked about a, a mom who did facilitated communication, and the kid said that through this communication, you know, they... The child had been raped, and so she she helped the the child kill himself because he wanted to die. Mm-hmm. And it, oh that, yeah, it breaks your heart. It's terrible. <laughs> but I mean, my my past job. This one really got to me because my past job, I would work with people with developmental disabilities, mm-hmm. um, and we would do augmented communication. So that's where you bring the technology into it, and you put in the eye gaze so that you know it's somebody actually looking yeah. at the letters, yeah. and or if you have like a a tablet so a kid can hit a, a, a um, button on the tablet that would be a picture of something, a toy that they want, mm-hmm. um, some food or, you know, bathroom or something, something simple, not full poetry, not college level reports. Yeah. You know, right. Right. Yeah. So it, it was a fascinating lecture for me. Yeah. And, and the woman who gave the lecture used to be a facilitator. Yes. And she has, has now, uh, uh, in the course of doing some kind of double blind study, she it's she at least to her credit she it opened her eyes and she started to doubt what she was doing and then she realized, yeah, it has been me communicating for this kid, right. and See, so that, she yeah. those are the people that those really, are my heroes. Yes, the exactly. people that start off on one side and yep. and yep. reason yep. their way with evidence yep. to the right side to the correct side. I love those right. stories. Yeah. Her name was uh, Janice Boynton. Okay, am I yeah. saying that correctly? Yeah, I think so. Okay. B o y n t o n. But we started. We're, we're talking about. Uh, I was talking about my takeaway. This is a good example because this uh, this part process, this facilitated communication, was brought into the U.S. about 35 years ago. Um, and it's still, it, it, it was by a guy who teaches at Syracuse University. Um, I thought it had been thoroughly debunked in the 90s. Right. 
Apparently not. Right. Right. It's still out there. Right. And that is something that I, I was very dismayed um, right. <laughs> to learn about. And that was sort of a recurring theme mm-hmm. with some of these things. I'm like, are we still... Are we still talking about this? Was there a presenter on Flat Earth? Because that one was what really got me. There, there was the last couple years. There was one, um, and I'm fortunately I walked in in the middle of her talk Um, Sunday morning. There were opportunities for people like people like us that Mm -hmm. maybe have a pet research project to present, Mm -hmm. like a paper, Mm -hmm. or just do a PowerPoint presentation. But it had to be something that was. That they've they've been doing some serious research on. They literally and, called it paper sessions. Yeah, they called oh, okay. it a paper mm-hmm. session. Mm-hmm. Just like at a, if you go to any kind of science conference, you, there's always a paper. Right. Anyway, um, the first presenter was a woman who is uh, was a cadet is a cadet at the Air Force Academy, mm-hmm. and she did a talk about some research project uh, involving f- the flat earth claims oh wow from the air force academy from the air force point of view and i'm sorry i missed most of it or a good right. chunk of it that's okay but um uh i mean clearly uh, you know she was talking about where the data landed and uh, you know that that the air she said you know the air force couldn't do you know she said we couldn't do you know 95% of what we do if we believed the stuff well, yeah. <laughs> in other words in, in so many words mechanics yeah. and, would be completely oh, out God. the window <laughs> all of gravitational science would be completely um, out the window but just to just to just to just drive it home like you were saying things keep coming back around yeah. it seems yeah. impossible that flat earth could yeah. come back around as an actual movement in right. society but mm-hmm. it has it's incredible it has in a, it maybe not to the extent that some of these other things have or you know maybe these other things these other things are less laughable like they're worth taking serious right 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 uh like is this real is it not real um because that's a human story mm-hmm. right like it but flat earth to me just seems like how is it even possible that anybody thinks that that's true the other thing i wanted to say real quick before we we move on even though this is a, a, a secular conference, even though it's a science conference or, or the, for those that are scientifically oriented in the world, right, or curious about science, these are really human topics that you're yes. talking about. You're talking about somebody who is trying to help some another person, another human being who can't communicate. We're, in other words, we're not losing what it is to be human in these conferences. These aren't cold, calculated. No, 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 no. Uh, you no, know, no, not at all. Straight were, chemistry. It's not funny. like it's yeah. It's 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 not like you're going to lose your humanity. Is, no, is the no, point no, no, I'm no. getting across? That's to me is the takeaway from what you guys are telling mm-hmm, me. Is right. like if if I want a human experience, if I want my heartstrings to be pulled on and tugged on, this is a good place to have that done mm-hmm. and to walk away with actual weapons now to determine what's right. real, what's not right. real, what's pseudoscience, right. what's not. So if I really have a child that has a problem, right. should I should I go buy homeopathy? Right. Should I go to one of these people who says they can communicate with them or help right. them communicate? Right. It sounds like this kind of conference is going to help people through their lives and in a real human way, not just here's what the cosmos is like or here's what mm-hmm. biology right. is like or here's help what chemistry is like. Help you better decisions. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Or okay. more informed decisions. I'm yeah. Actually, I'm actually a over here smiling because the one lecture I mean the the facilitated communication was an amazing lecture the one lecture that pulled at my heartstrings and made me tear up Mm -hmm. was Brian Greene's presentation about black holes that was amazing and it 
and it wasn't it even was just good. science is so cool. Brian moment. Green was there. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. He, mm-hmm. Brian Green was there. He was he was the very last speaker. He ended at noon that on Sunday afternoon. The headliner. Yeah. And he is his. I mean, just his talk about how a hundred years ago Newton thought of maybe maybe this is a thing, and then so many years later. Einstein started to extrapolate on that. Mm-hmm. And then here we are now actually finding pictures of black holes. Like you want to talk about a line directly in humanity yeah. about a thought process. Yeah. That was incredible yeah. to me. And honestly, that was probably my most favorite lecture of the entire time. It was good. He he really did explain things for a lay person. Yeah, he talked about the, you know, the proof of gravitational waves that came in a few years ago and how that was you know that was predicted early well sort of early on by even einstein yes and here we are and then it was developed was he predicted he didn't even believe it was a thing and now here we are we just happened it it, it was one of those things and he's like oh yeah we have the um the 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 laboratory in louisiana and we have one in washington Washington. Mm -hmm. and they they've been doing this for decades just trying to measure the same damn thing yeah nothing was happening and then they upgraded their system Mm -hmm. and two days later Mm -hmm. is when they got that gravitational wave and he's like that wave was something that happened billions of miles away billions of years ago yeah and i was like oh my god yeah that's so cool yeah it, it was, it pretty was cool. so small yeah the, the actual it's like the effect with, on gravity he yeah. played it that for we experience like, is what the fuck was that oh the sound yeah the, the sound he played whoop. the, the yeah yeah i love that um another takeaway too is and this is something i've kind of been um noticing more at at in recent years is um like a lot of organizations they like to have people that were had come over to our side from like like this facilitated communication. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And what they a huge they like to get yeah. people that that have started out maybe in a different thought right. thought process or a different view. Like and Julia Sweeney. Julia Sweeney was one. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. she. I did not go to her her entertainment oh, I did. talk. It was too funny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Julia Sweeney is uh, you know used, who was a Saturday Night Live yeah. alumnus. Yeah. yeah, and she is she now on the board. Yeah. yeah, she's now on the board of the uh, Center for Inquiry. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah, she did yeah. a um, she did a one woman show called "Letting Go of God" a few yeah, years ago. Yeah, right. Or I I saw it. Yeah, yeah. 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 It was one of my mom's favorite, uh, like atheist pro atheist um, presentations. Oh, like yeah. I, yeah, I've kind of forced her to watch a bunch of them, and she's <laughs> you know she's seen some Arn Raw ones, and she's like, "Oh, he's so angry" or whatever, you know, or she he just she, looks angry. He's a teddy bear. I know he's lovely. <laughs> Such a um, wonderful guy. But but yeah, but that's one of the ones that really mm-hmm. spoke to her specifically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, she does a nice job the way it uh, sort of unfolds yeah. fun, in that presentation. That's the most... Well, that was the lightning That strike. was the most that was listened right. to yeah. on... Uh, the, what's the NPR show? Um, this American Life. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is the most listened to... Uh, segment of all time oh, yeah. in this yeah. under oh, yeah. in this American Life and NPR, That's... but the the other thing um, and then the other one, Britt uh, Hermes. There's a woman um, who was a naturopathic doctor. Oh, and I must have missed you. This. Must I think you yeah. missed that one? That? She was a doctor of naturopathy. Was that Sunday morning? No. What's naturopathy? Naturopathy is kind of um, 
Oh, that it's, was it, the do no harm but first they're... nature. Yeah, yeah, right. that Putting that's where just just uh, you know, nature will nature will heal you and uh, natural remedies. It's not really homeopathy. It, so there it's like is drink juice or something. There is some something there, right. you know, in in whatever their remedies are. But right. if you want to call them that, but it's 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 a lot of it's a lot of woo, uh, and but they really believe that they are. Doctors, like right. there, she was a doctor of of naturopathy in an oncology. There are naturopathic oncologists, Ugh. and she was working with a woman who was a naturopathic oncologist. And somehow or other, I think there was some kind of a lawsuit uh, filed against that clinic at some so. point. This is yeah. some years ago. Uh, it was in Arizona, and she ended up uh, her. You know, she she ended up doing a one eighty and said, "This is I can't believe I've been doing this." Yeah. Yeah. How have I been? How have I been harming people? Yeah. And uh, anyway, so she's been. Uh, she wrote a book. She's been on the lecture circuit. She's actually went back to school, and tried to, and is getting. Um, I think she's getting. She got her master's maybe in chemistry or something okay. like the real a real, <laughs> real, a, real a real field. And, and yeah, she's she's going on maybe perhaps to become a a medical doctor. I'm not really sure. I mean, I could be wrong about that. But mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. she. Uh, got sued herself then because she wrote something in a blog oh, or wow. online about um, another naturopathic physician, and she got sued and fortune. And she just recently won that suit, but Good. it was quite a quite an ordeal for her. She was a student, wow. you know, didn't but have she any changed. Money. She changed but she, from yeah, the wrong she, side she to went, the right she, side. Yeah, she did. She was another one. So I think they uh, they certainly uh, like right. to solicit people that. Have had that experience. Well, they come with a lot of credibility. So, They're very powerful. Yeah, yeah. those stories yeah. are yeah. so powerful. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, mm-hmm. if you were talking about, you know, certain presentations got to you mm-hmm. or, you know, pulled oh, your yeah. heartstrings or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. those are the stories I love. Those mm-hmm. success stories like that, where I used to believe in this or I used to have this um, superstition or I used to sell homeopathic remedies or oh, whatever, yeah. and then I figured out that what actual reality is of the situation and I changed and now I'm a proponent of the other side and now I speak out against it. Those to me, I love those stories because what a, you go from being a person that's making the world worse to being somebody who's making the world better in a real Mm -hmm. way, like a a measurable way. Mm -hmm. So I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because we're always as atheists, we're always accused of not having any morals. If yeah. I had no morals, I would sell crystals. Are you kidding me? Oh, How yeah. much money I'd make off of that? <laughs> Little yeah. sacks of sage. I don't have any morals, and I've yeah, you're giving me good ideas. Right. Yeah, <laughs> watch out for Paul, everybody. <laughs> yeah, be careful. Watch out, watch out for what I might sell you. So anyway, yeah, that's yeah. um. Those are great. Those are great it. takeaways. That's, yeah, I would encourage you know, anybody listening to maybe. Um, Check it out, especially if you have a, a real interest in skepticism, in scientific skepticism, and and uh, um, and you know debunking all of the kind of the woo that we see out there, and sure. trying to find a way to combat it. Uh, there's some great ideas and some you know, people doing a lot of really good work out there. A lot of the people were drawn from academia, mm-hmm. um, but not all of them, right? <clears throat> uh, so. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was kind of a, a good 
good mix of things. There was talk on climate science and climate change, climate science, and one on pseudoscience and law. I mean, it was a real uh, mixed bag of things, but oh, yeah. uh, something for everybody, really. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Yeah, not just maybe not just those for, although clearly those that are scientifically minded or, like you said, mm-hmm. folks. Uh, that want to know more, but also those that want to uh, better themselves, you know, better their own lives. This, right. It sounds like a lot of this information you can put to work for you right away. Oh, yeah. I mean, it may mm-hmm. it may depend on your situation. You know, maybe uh, the, what was the lady that helped kids that couldn't talk? Oh, or Janice. People? Janet or what Boyle, was the name Boyle of that? Facilitated communications. Yeah, the, facilitated maybe, communication. maybe facilitated communication is going to help one out of every thousand people. But it sounds like between all these different folks and all the different things that they talk about, there's some real practical knowledge to put oh, yeah. into play mm-hmm. immediately right. when you get home. So that's that's fantastic. Like, I, uh, and you'll save some money, right? You won't buy crystals right. to heal yourself. You'll go I mean, go to the. You'll spend money going to a conference and staying in Vegas. For well, yeah, but I'm just days. I'm just saying if you're if you're dropping hundreds of dollars on homeopathy, you might find out at one of these conferences. Showing up to a conference like yeah. me with sunglasses and a drink, just going. <laughs> oh, sounds cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, there was one other speaker that I I enjoyed, and I've seen him speak at a couple other conferences in the past. John Delancey. Oh gosh. And. If you, they may may not ring a bell to some you know people who may be listening. However, um, he's an actor, better known as Q. If you were a Star Trek Next Gen fan, mm-hmm. I was not, I knew him from Breaking Bad. Breaking, That's how he's in, I knew him. He's been in a, yeah. done a lot of television. He's oh so much, and he's a, a very out atheist. He mm-hmm. spoke at one of the FFRF conferences, and he's a wonderful speaker. Um, and is uh, very devoted to these um, to this, these causes mm-hmm. in his own way. He puts his money where his mouth is, yeah. actually. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I've always liked Q was one of my favorite characters from that series because I think – I like to think that Q was supposed to be God. Well, he was supposed to be a God. Right. Yeah. But he was an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and, and isn't that kind of, yeah. you know, the way it <laughs> kind of par for the course? Kind yeah. of works. Every god I've ever heard of is kind of an asshole, too. Kind yeah. of a jerk, so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that was, he, was, uh, he was a great Bronson, speaker. come on. Hi, sweetheart. Give us a break. Hi, sweetheart. You want to be on the podcast, too? Yeah, yeah he yeah, always makes you an do. appearance. <laughs> you know, my. My my personal takeaway from this one was, you know, I, I said earlier I've been to several different types of conferences. I've been to conferences that I helped put on, I mean, for mm-hmm. here in Colorado. And this is quite quite possibly the most information-packed, incredible conference I think I've ever been to. Just for the sheer fact that every single speaker that I was present for... <laughs> had something fascinating to say to teach me. Mm-hmm. I, I learned so much. There, there was a couple of times. I mean, look at my little stack of books going over here, where I was like, not only do I need to purchase this person's book, I really need them to sign it. I need to be <laughs> able to tell them to their face that I can't wait to read this book. Yeah. Um, and I joke around a lot at the hub that you know. Just to be very, very basic about this is that there's basically two camps of atheism. You have, you know, of course, the ones who were like brought up secular and so they never really thought about it. And then you have like the religious people. But like my two camps that I always think about are um, 
the science nerds mm-hmm. and then the ones who came to atheism for social reasons. Like I, I grew up religion and, you know, I took basic social sociology, anthropology classes in college and like this is so basic of me I think to say it's like so anthropology one oh one I went, Oh, that makes sense why we needed religion ten thousand years ago. But right now sure. not so much. Yeah. <laughs> so um for someone like me, you know, I, I put down the fact that I have a sociology degree a lot, but I'm very proud of the fact that I can understand how social situations work. For someone like me with my background of not, you know, walking into Brian Greene's presentation and knowing zero about black holes or why they exist or what they even are. Sure. And and walking out with a better grasp than the uh, average person, I'm not going to be able to have full blown out conversations of quantum theory or anything, but I have a better understanding of that. And so I have a better understanding of the functional capacity, uh, uh, functional communication. I have a better understanding of being able to look at pseudoscience and to look at homeopathy. And I have a better understanding of how to view my world. So to be able to go to something like this, I really thought that everything was going to be over my head. I really did. I thought, oh, I feel bad. My boyfriend's taking me to this conference. He's spending all this money on me, and I'm just going to sit there and be wasted for half the time. You're still worth it, even if it oh, was told- over no, your head. I'm, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm totally <laughs> worth it. I'm very much aware of how uh, I'm worth it. Yeah. <laughs> my, my confidence level is way way higher than I think it should be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but But I truly did go to every session – I came out of every session learning something and feeling like I have a better grasp of the conversation. So, you know, it was it was just it was an incredible conference for my first time. And I honestly cannot wait to go to another one. Well, great. That's fantastic. So it sounds like you got some tools to navigate your world a little better. Plus, now you're probably a little smarter than your average person on certain things like black holes and (laughs) and whatnot, right? And then real quick before we wrap up, I just the caliber of speaker sounds like they were really phenomenal. I mean, you've got the most famous potentially living biologist or he's a zoologist by trade but he writes books about evolution and biology and richard dawkins Mm -hmm. you've got probably arguably the most famous physicist and brian green what are some other big names that you guys saw or maybe some folks that surprised you even though you didn't know their names but they were just high caliber definitely on top of their game nathan lentz who wrote um human errors that's one of the ones i had to get signed he had a great conversation about you know, junk DNA and how our bodies aren't intelligently designed in any way, sure. shape, or form. And, you know, how evolution doesn't always favor the best way to do things. You mm. know, it, it evolution favors what works. and Yeah, it's at the margin. Or what mm. doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> it's not... Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, that, that we kind of have this bias that evolution is, is moving toward perfection. And that's yeah. just totally it wrong. absolutely incorrect. <laughs> There was a climate scientist by the name of Michael Mann. He's Ooh, oh, actually yeah. very well known. Yeah, I've heard of him. Uh, and yeah. he spoke, and he's. Uh, I think he might be on the Center for Inquiries, one of their advice on their advisory board, I believe. Mm-hmm. So um, he did a talk. I'm, I'm, but I, I don't. I don't know if everybody knows him, but Piff, the Magic Dragon. <laughs> 
hilarious. Oh. <laughs> they had a, they a magic show and this guy dressed up in like a dragon onesie, essentially. Nice. No, that's great. <laughs> and then Julia Sweeney. Julia, right? Julia a lot of people Sweeney. would know her. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you coming on the show. It was really nice to have you. And uh, hopefully uh, we can do some more shows. I don't know if you guys have been listening uh, each week, but we publish every Sunday and yeah. mm-hmm. uh, sometimes on off days as well. Uh, and <laughs> very recently, a few weeks ago, we put a call out to the women of the Secular Hub, hoping to get more of them on the show because there isn't oh, well, as much female representation. Me. Is it because I've been on a thousand times? I don't know why, <laughs> but you're welcome to come on anytime. So, but I do really appreciate it. It was yeah. really nice to have both you guys on. So yeah, thank Thanks. you so much. It was Thanks. so fun to do. It was Thank fun you for having us. Cool.